the most important thing is they value exceptionality. Like they really have this pursuit of excellence. So it's that mentality, like I am going to do this best thing that will solve problems in a unique way. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, and today we have Nita on the podcast, who is a serial entrepreneur, top-tier business consultant, self-identity reinvention coach, and former Fortune 500 executive with more than two decades of experience in business, psychology, and personal development. Nita is the founder of Nita Leard consulting and coaching, where she advises world-class experts to become legendary market outliers. She works with highly exceptional coaches, consultants, and experts who want to build a truly innovative business that stands out from the rest with a -a one-of-a-kind solution and market position. She also has a master's and bachelor's degree in business and marketing. She is a regular contributor to Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Brains Magazine, and has been featured on Business Insider, Fox, ABC, CNBC, USA Today, and other media. Nita, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Of course. And to kick off here, I would love to just learn more about your background into this work. You have so much experience in business. I love that you also have the psychology and uh, the personal development and you tie that in together as well. So I would love to hear just how you got here. What was your what was your journey to this place that you're at now? So after I finished my master's degree, I joined Fortune 500 companies. So I worked with L'Oreal. I worked with Unilever. They are the fast moving consumer goods companies. Uh, so we worked with cosmetic brands and managed all these, um, you know, makeup and cosmetics and skincare brands. So it was a lot of fun. But a few years into the corporate world, I discovered that it wasn't for me. I'm, you know, my personality type. And since a very young age, I found myself having the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, like I've always been a creator. I, 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 I just always was creating things and brands and selling stuff. And so I decided to leave the corporate world. Uh, at that point, I was 26. Um, so I, that was, that was a long time ago. That was um, 16 years ago. So I started a child development center and I started a family as well. So I raised my son in that child development center. And that was when I discovered that I loved psychology. <laughs> and that started off with stu- with really working with children and families and parents and, and helping parents understand how to raise kids with 
you know, high self-esteem, resilience? How do we instill like emotional intelligence into kids at a, at a really young age? And that gradually transitioned into working with adults and coaching adults. And so what I do now is I work with entrepreneurs and CEOs, high level executives, and I help them work on the personal development side, but also on the business strategy side, you know, so um, either they are entrepreneurs that are experts and have been in business for decades, or they are executives, high level executives that have like 20, 30 years experience in the business, and now they want to start their own business. So these are the people that I work with. And um, I help them as I mentioned on the business side and on the personal development side, which is so important, right? Because most of our problems do come from internally. Yes, absolutely. And that's why you're such a good match for the Wealthy and Well Woman show is because that's what we're all about here too, is really mixing those together. So it's amazing that that's your approach. I also love that you started out working with children and helping them build emotional intelligence. That's so unique. I have, I've actually never heard of somebody getting into business coaching that way before and really starting in the psychology and personal development space like that, and then building into the business coaching and, and tying those in together. So I really love that. How long was it that you were working with children for? It was um, around six years. And then I think, yeah, kind of grew out of the business. And I, I, even though I still love, I love enjoying, I work with teenagers from time to time. And uh, I just felt like I wanted to get more into coaching adults. And I, I don't know, it just gradually transitioned into what I'm doing today. Mm. Um, it happened overnight. So, um, for people that ask me, you know, I think people ask me a lot, like, how do you find out like what niche you want to get into? Um, you know, who I can't decide I want to work with so many people or I want to do so many things. Um, I think you and I also I come across a lot of people that are similar to me, which I call multi-passionate or multi-potential. Mm -hmm. So it's when you, you're interested in many things and you're struggling because you don't know where, to, which way to go, which direction to go. So I always say like, leave the doors open and explore them. Like the answer will kind of come to you. Some doors will kind of like shut, you know, and some doors will, 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 will you'll keep going. And mm. that's how I kind of like arrived <laughs> where I am today. Yeah. Right. It's just kind of, I, I like to refer to it a lot as um, following what lights you up, like just tapping into the things that you're drawn to and just seeing where that leads and spending more time on what's really exciting to you right now. What's lighting you up? What is that path and where does it lead? And lots of times that leads to the current um, iteration of our businesses today. So yes, I love that so much. And do you find any overlap with the working with children with um, emotional intelligence and child development and working with entrepreneurs? Like, do you see any reoccurring things that come up with entrepreneurs or, or maybe things that could have like started in childhood where you have that experience with both? Definitely. It's always, you know, in, in the movies, when people go to see a therapist and say like, how did you grow up? How was your childhood like, right? right? 
exactly that because a lot of our limiting beliefs, core fears, were created in childhood, or we remember all these things subconsciously. So a lot of the work in the personal development space、um, that I do with my clients, a lot of it goes back to the past.、Um, most of it comes from childhood. Like a lot of work is coming from the understanding of how those seven. First seven years of your life and fourteen first years of your life is related to who you are today. So、right. a lot of it. Sometimes they are situations that happened in childhood. Sometimes they were parenting styles,、uh, the way they grew up, and how they were, how they grew up to believe about money. You know, what、mm. is their mind? How was you know how was money handled in the family? What was what were your parents' belief about money and the culture that you grew up in? All those things definitely.、Mm. Yeah, so you kind of really see it in that world when you were working in that world how it would develop or what type of things parents you know how they related to their children and then you deal with it、um, also at the adult level. So you also specialize in helping your clients build what you call the world's best solution for their clients, and I would love to hear more about just your process for doing that, what that really means, what is you know the world's best solution, and how you work with your clients in that way. So the world's best solution is kind of like what I kind of call. I name it as like kind of like a philosophy or the way the starting point of. What we want to think about when we're starting to think about our business idea, or how we want to niche down,、um, and the offer that we want to provide for our clients. So it starts with the thinking of like, instead of looking and and I'm everybody actually starts the business by looking at what everybody else is doing in the industry, right? That's just it's just human nature. Okay, like this person is selling this, and all these people are interested in that, so I should do the same thing. But as your business grows,、um, and even if you're starting out, if you start to think with that idea in mind that hey, I want to build something that's really different, something that's not really existing in the market now, and that would really help a lot of people, that's where the world's best solution comes in. So, the first rule of marketing really is differentiation, right? So. The way to be unique and for people to remember you and think about you is for you to be unique in a meaningful way, meaning that not being different just to be different, but to fill a gap or to solve a problem that nobody else is solving as good as you are about to to solve it. And so the process in doing all this is. It's simple, but it's also complex. So I'll try to explain it in a simple way. But the actual process is there's many details that that goes into it. But we work with I work with my clients by working with their clients as well to understand to dig into the psychology of their past clients, their current clients, and even clients that they desire to work with but they haven't been working with yet. So their ideal clients to see. What's going on? Like, what are they doing well? But what's missing here? Like, what would an ideal offer? What What do you like? I would. We would have a team of people that would interview their clients, 
and dig, dig into the psychology, into the service that they are providing and looking for, you know, if we were to innovate a totally new thing, new offer, new service, what would that look like? And sometimes it could be a small tweak to what they are doing, but in a very important way. But sometimes it could be something totally different than what they are currently offering. And we look at what's what on the client side, what are they looking for? What is the problem that they wish could be solved? What could be taken off their plate? But we also look at another piece of the puzzle, which is my, my client's geniuses. So what do you do that is unique and really different from how other people do things? And this is where it gets tricky because it's not always obvious to the person, right? Because we have this thing called unconscious competency, which is something that we've gotten really good at, but we're not really aware, you know, how we're, we've gotten really good at driving. But if we were having, we, if we had to teach someone how to drive today, when we're really good at driving, it would be hard because we don't know like the step-by-step. -step. It, it has already been learned at the unconscious level. So I find that those are where I dig for those like geniuses because it's something that they, when, when you ask them, they'll say something like, I don't know, I've just been, I, I've just always been doing this thing. I wasn't even aware that this was a strength. I wasn't even aware that this was called a genius thing. And yeah, because it's it's normally unconscious. They're, they don't know about it. They can say like, oh, I'm good at this and this and that. But the, then if you dig dig deeper, you'll find like some secret gems. Like it's almost like that secret sauce in the pizza, pizza shop that, you've developed over the years but like oh I didn't know that it was the pizza sauce I thought it was the crust I thought people came here because the convenient location and stuff like that but it's actually something really special that they and the team are really good at better than everybody else and then we match that with something that we could offer to the clients that would be also filling a really big gap or something that the client really needs to solve Mm, yes, I love that process. So it's really what I call an irresistible offer, it's like an offer that their clients really can't deny and they're the perfect person to deliver it. I love that you also spoke on really standing out because um, I see this a lot in the coaching industry. I mean, yoga, wellness, all the worlds where people are starting out, they just look around and see what other people are doing and try to kind of copy paste it. But the problem with that is you never actually stand out and people don't have a reason to really go to you over the thousands of other people that are offering a copy paste of, you know, what the top people in the industry are doing. So to really be able to stand out and have people magnetize to you and, and what you're really good at solving, you have to be more you, you have to really shine what's the most different about you. And instead of what's the most the same with you and every other person doing the same thing. <laughs> um, and, and I see that come up a lot too, even when people are starting, they're like, well, how am I going to stand out? Because there's so many other people that are already doing wellness coaching. They're already teaching yoga. You know, they're already doing fitness coaching or relationship coaching or self-love coaching. Like, 
what is, how is my thing going to be different? And so I liked the, the part where you also said, you know, working together to kind of pull that out and, and the name that you had, the unconscious competency, that's so, that's so fitting because it's so hard to see the full picture when you're the only one looking at it. Like a lot of time you need someone outside of you to come in and say, that's, you know, excellent at doing that. And to say, okay, here are the things that you're doing so naturally. Here are the things that your clients are raving about you. Um, And even asking clients, you know, like, what was your best testimonial? What did they talk about? Like, what did they get from you? And what was the best part of that? And how can you maximize on that more? Like looking for things like that. Such, such, such a good point. So a little bit more on the personal development side, psychology side entrepreneurship requires mental toughness, right? Like we, we have to have resiliency. We have to have mental toughness. We have to have the ability to redirect instead of give up when we do face hardships. What is your approach for entrepreneurs that are wanting to build more mental toughness or maybe assessing their current state of, you know, am I throwing in the towel on things too quickly? Or am I deciding to leave this niche or this program, this offer that I've created because I think that there could be something better. Because I think a lot of times when we're thinking about creating irresistible offers as well, you might have an amazing offer, but maybe you haven't, maybe you had one failed launch and then just like thought, oh, I don't know if this is actually the right offer. Let me try something different. So it's like, I, I see at least, I'd love to hear your experience, that balance of yes, finding an offer that's really amazing for you and for your community and that highlights your genius, but also having enough mental toughness and resiliency to know that if it doesn't sell out on the first go, it doesn't mean it's not an epic offer. Maybe you don't have enough eyeballs on it yet or something like that. So what is your approach to that in the terms of building what you call the world's best solution for their clients and also building that mental toughness? So with when we come up with an idea or a few ideas that we have kind of brainstormed with the team and kind of went through this whole process. Okay. We think, okay, this is the best idea. What we do is we get them to use this offer or this uh, service and provide it to their current clients first and see what they think. And then we adapt it and we change and we, we do a lot of editing in that process to see how it works, what are the challenges, what are the obstacles in delivering the service to the clients? You know, do we need to bring in um, an external um, person to help with delivering some parts of it? Do we need to have collaborate with some other business or company in order to make this really the best solution mm-hmm. and things like that? So there's definitely this, um, step where we test it out and 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 do a lot of editing to the offer and along the way we come to a point where okay we think this is good then we start to deliver it and sell it to new clients that's how how that's that's kind of the process that mm. um my clients um do in order to deliver a new offer. And of course, in that process of um, testing it out and editing, we really gather a lot of feedback. Um, We use the NPS, the net promoter score 
system together with an, in, a deep interview system that we use with the clients and their clients as well. So uh, with this process and interviewing, constantly gathering feedback with this new offer and new service that we have created, um, we get a lot of insight from that as well, from, from gathering that, that information. Um, and this has to be intentional because a lot of the times we don't, we're, we're having fun with the creation process, but nobody has fun with the feedback process, right? Because humans, we don't want to get the feedback, you know, <laughs> unless we're like, you know, when we're addicted to the personal development um, thing, then we start to, yeah, I do want the feedback, but feedback is always hard to listen to, right? Because it's like, you're listening to like, what's going wrong and what, what's not working. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like this. So that's why it has to be intentional. That's why we need to put that into place. Like, yes, we do need to do all these interviews. We need to get, we need to get the NPS score. We need to know why the client is not like, doesn't feel like awestruck <laughs> by you know, being on the receiving end of the service, what, what, what are they not totally um, happy about and all these things. So we deep dive into all those, those, the elements and like, even how they feel, what was the emotion and like, what are they happy? What are they not happy with? What do they wish could be different? And that's why there's a lot of the, the feedback loop. There's the feedback, there's the tweaking, there's the edits and all that before, and it's never perfect. It's an ongoing process with that. But I, and I think these are, it sounds like a lot of things to do, but I think anybody, if they have the intention to create something that has, that's exceptional, right? You can do this. You can, you can implement these things in your business. Mm. Um, hire someone to, and that's what we recommend um, a lot of our clients to do when we're not doing the done for you services for them. And we, we just consult for them. We recommend them hiring an external person, not someone on the current like staff and employee, because they will always be biased when they're mm -hmm. taking feet and it will hurt, <laughs> right? Like, Oh, I did all these things. And then why am I getting all these negative feedback? And, when they are biased, it will be biased coming from them when they're asking and interviewing the client. So never get someone on the team that's delivering the service to to get the feedback because mm -hmm. they questions they ask they the way they're asking will not get a real feedback. Well, you won't get the truth from the client. Mm, like they'll search for the good things and pull those out, or yeah. So I'm sure the mental toughness piece comes up a lot in that like feedback process too, of being able to have the feedback and tweak it um, and kind of take the emotion piece out of it instead of getting tied up of like, oh, I poured my heart into this. This was supposed to be perfect. <laughs> um, and you also, I know you work with a lot of highly exceptional experts that you call outliers. Um, is there, are there particular things that set these people apart from the rest of entrepreneurs or the rest of people and what factors do you see most that are going into their success and creating this outlier effect all of them there's really one thing that's different well there's a few things that's, that's different but the most important thing is they value exceptionality 
Like they really have this pursue of excellence. So it's that mentality, like I am going to do this best thing that will solve problems in a unique way. So in they're also they are also they also have that innovator mind, even though they might not be great at innovating, but they believe in innovating. So they are the people that, you know, are the opposite of people that want to stick to the status quo or what other people are doing, even in, in entrepreneurship, right? So, okay, so 99% of people in my niche are doing this, I'm going to find something different, not just for the sake of being different, but because they see um, a problem in the market, and they, they want to, you know, raise the bar in the industry. And that's what we believe in so much as well. Like, I don't really care what industry, but of course I, I'm in coaching, so I love coaching, but it could be in any industry. I believe what I'm really doing is I'm helping people raise the bar so that, so if I help my client, which is one player in that specific industry or nature market, be better, deliver a better service, that will challenge the other players in that market to have to automatically raise their bar as well. So they will mm. have just their level of quality of service and what they are offering as well. And gradually that will help deliver a better service for the consumers in that market. And so as a consumer, I've always been frustrated when I bought a service and the sales process was so great, the enrollment and all that was so great, but then the delivering of the service was not mm. so great. And yeah. I, Everybody can probably relate to that, right? Yeah. We've always <laughs> sort of bad product or bad service. Even like, even if it was positioned at a high end price, it can still be very disappointing, right? And so uh, that's why, as as a consumer and also a, as a business coach, I really want to help people be able to deliver something that's a really high quality because I believe that's integrity that that has mm. to do with in, an ethics as, as for someone that's running a business, you you need to provide that for your customers. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And so you see the people that are exceptional experts naturally having this, or do you believe that this is something that people can just focus on and bring into their business to create more success when they're really wanting to create the best thing? I feel that I would say 50-50. So mm. some have this naturally, perhaps through their years of being in entrepreneurship. And maybe a part of it is like a personal characteristic. Like for me, I feel it, it is a personal characteristic. Mm. I've always asked people that are super exceptional at what they do. Right. I've been amazed. And like, I like to study these people. And um, but for some people, I would say they just didn't think about this before, mm. but they started to hear me talk about it. And they, oh, they read about this uh, article that I wrote about, or they heard me talk about this on a show. Then they, it, it kind of like, Hey, I never thought about that. But when I heard you say it, it makes so much sense. And yes, right. I do have integrity. I want to deliver the best thing for my client, but I just never thought of it from that angle before. I, you know, I've just started this business. I've been successful. I've been doing this thing. It's always been successful. So yeah, there's, there's been obstacles along the way, but it's, it has been successful. Mm. So 
never thought about looking in my basement to see the leaking pipes. I've always been, you know, like, cause it program to look at the good things, what's working well. And if things, especially if things are working well, you won't be looking for the leaking pipes, right? Mm. Mostly, most of the time we would be looking for the leaking pipes when the business is not doing so well. Right. Mm. So what I'm actually telling people is if it's not broken, let's, let's break it, you know, or let's look for the leaking pipes, even though you don't have a problem now, because the best leaking pipes is actually when the business is doing well that's when you have the resources that's when you have the mindset the mentality of the team as well to fix the leaking pipes mm-hmm. right. or even the mindset it sounds like of just how can we make this better how can we do this even better how can we do this either even better it's that drive to just consistently offer something better for your clients something more aligned something that they're really just going to be like amazed at instead of creating one thing and then being like, okay, I don't want to put any more work in. This is good enough. Like people should like this type thing. Is that how you would say you create a customer for life business model as well? Just creating the top tier or it, what else for you goes into that? Yeah, it's, it's about many things. When I talk about the customer for life, it's not really an, a, a lot of the concepts. Sometimes people can kind of misinterpret when they hear it for the first time. So mm. uh, it doesn't mean that I'm trying to keep the client with me forever. It, that's not what I mean. But a lot of the time, uh, depending on the business and what the, the the business is offering, sometimes it is for lifetime. And sometimes it is for generations and generations and generations. Like, for example, uh, wealth, a financial, you know, kind of... Um, expert that manages the assets and for and, and the return on investment for a specific family they could be working with this family like literally forever right so what we uh, want to help our clients do is it's not easy for you to recruit a client to work with you right because you're selecting your clients you want to work with someone long term so if you have someone coming in working with you for six months or a year and then they leave and you have to find a new client that's a lot of work and so I've always believed and personally I love working with my clients for many years because they when they start working with me they become like part of my family. I feel like they have become part of my family. And I, I find I find that a lot of um, businesses and even like coaches and consultants also enjoy that, right? So working with someone also has a lot of benefit. It's you create a lot of momentum and synergy through throughout the years. Um, and you can especially see that in coaching. That's when like, you know, sometimes the first six months or three months, there some people will barely move they they don't want to move they want to stay stuck to where what to things you know how they've been doing things and they don't want to change it's just human nature right so with working with clients for multiple years I feel there's just so many benefits from their side and from the the business side as well Um, you get to create changes with the client and in a good way like transformation that you're not able to create with them in a year for example and so we when we're creating the offer yes we do also look at how long a client would work with you we kind of create like a almost like an agency model for everyone where yeah it would help them so much if they could just work with you forever right 
not because they have to, but because they want to, because you are helping them grow, the, you're helping their business grow. So why would they stop working with you? Why would they want to go and hire someone else? Because nobody does what you do in the first place, because we've dif differentiated the offer so that um, you're really filling a gap that, that nobody else is, is filling, you know, at least in that way. And so there's no reason for them to leave. There's only mm -hmm. a reason for them to keep working with you. And yeah. That does go into um, our we in our thinking when we are creating the, the offer and the solution as well. Mm. They have like a short term kind of offer, like an offer that fixes this one thing or one problem, and then it, we're done. And so we want to turn that into something that's no, like we that doesn't really make sense on the business business side. And also for the client, because then now they have to go and search for someone else to help fix the problem. And right. we know that's not fun either. Right. Yeah. And it's amazing how often even clients will ask when they're inquiring about a program is like, well, what happens after the program? Like, how am I supported? What are my options for continuation? So the fact that many clients in my experience ask that anyways, is really smart to have that built into your business model, whether that is just a continuation where it's a slightly lesser, you know, um, time investment, you know, now that they are able to kind of continue it on, or if you're, you know, funneling them into more of a membership style, or you have something in your product suite and in your business model where you really allow people to continue getting value from you instead of just, okay, you know, two months or three months or whatever. And I learned this one thing and now I'm, you know, left by myself to figure out the rest of my business for the rest of the time or life or however you help your clients. Okay. Last question for you is what does it mean to you to be a wealthy and well woman? For me to be a wealthy and well woman, I, the, the word abundance, it's about abundance. It's about having abundance in every area of life that is important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, friends, I always want to be, you know, have the friends that, you know, like-minded friends that will support each other and we, we can talk about anything. That's one example. So it's not just abundance in terms of fi finance or business, um, but it's it's everything. Um, abundance for my health and mentality, um, friends, family. And when we're abundant, that's when we feel fulfilled and alive in life. Mm. And I think it's very different for each person. Of course, it's the basic things, right? It's like, um, you have to feel competent, you have to feel like you have freedom in life. And relationship is a big, big one, right? Um, so, but I think there is a ranking of like, okay, and special items that um, have to I have to have in order for me to feel um, that I'm living a life of fulfillment is is different and unique for everyone. So I think that being aware of what those things are for you and having an abundance in those areas, I think mm. for me, creating a life that's well and and wealthy. Amazing. And where can our listeners find you if they want to learn more? 
Well, I'm on all the social medias and um, you can go to my website, which is uh, needler.com. And there's also a free quiz for everybody to, to just go and complete. It's a small quiz. And then it gives people a free blueprint of how to grow their outlier business. So um, everybody's invited to do that quiz. Thank you, Nita, for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Kat. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also, share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it, and I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there, and I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.